Hi, and welcome to Work Mimi. This is Saratova Beth. Good Yantif. Today is Yotes Kislev. The question of the day is, is the war still going on, or is the war over? And we're going to postulate that, that the war is over. Whatever the war is, we'll talk about it in a second. And it's not just postulating, but it's based on the very powerful energy of this day, which is Yotes Kislev, the Balalula of the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya. It's Chagachagim, Rosh Hashanah for Hasidus. It's, it's, uh, it's all of those things. It's, it's Matantayra of Tarit the Hasidus. It's the big day. It's really the day when everything is born. Now, if everything is born, of the deepest levels of Tyra, Pneumia Tyra, then that means that that part that's in you is also born. And so already there we have a hint. If I'm asking myself this question, is the war still going on? Well, on that level, it's probably not. On the level of the ability to give birth to a peaceful situation, maybe not. Maybe, maybe I can give birth to a peaceful life today, or Hashem is giving birth to a peaceful life for everyone today, and I no longer have to cling to the old mindset of the war, the war, the war. Maybe. We'll see. We'll, just, we'll, we'll look into it together. So here's, here's the other question. Which war... <laughs> Which war exactly are we talking about? I mean, when it came to the al Rebbe, the war, you know, we'll see for Chavdal but the war focused around the year of 1812, the Napoleonic War. And that's, there's a sicha that we did about it a couple of days ago. Everybody can listen. The war that we have from then, from the Napoleonic War, that war between good and evil, one fighting the other, the Alter Rebbe fighting Napoleon and defeating him. And the main defeat having really come to a head in the seventh generation, in the Rebbe's generation, and every year even more, we can say that the defeat of Napoleon happened with the Alter Rebbe, but continued the de- defeat of Napoleon with the forces of evil happened even more profoundly with each of the successive generations of the Mittler Rebbe, the Tzemach Tzedek, the Rebbe Marash, the Rebbe Rashab, the Friedrich Rebbe, and up to our generation. Within this generation, the war has come to an end, and yet within that, every decade or so is a more profound one, and every day that we decide to move out of the war zone into a peace zone, we we finish off that battle, we create the defeat of Napoleon and what he represents with the power of evil, even more profoundly. That means if you and I decide today, what war? It's about peace. We're, we're adding to the victory of the Battle of 1812. Okay, so again, what is the war? Is, this is the War of 1812. It's the psychological war in which we believe that life is just an endless series of problems and struggles. In the world of healing, we call it the struggle addiction. My mother said, my father said, my grandfather said, I grew up, my teachers taught me, 
My teacher taught me all the old isms. What are all the old isms? I can give you a few. Life is not a bowl of cherries. There's a war. It's dog-eat-dog. There's a war. You can't always get you what you want. There's a war. Uh, um, only it's the not, strong survive. Only the strong survive. Uh, there's a war. Uh, it, it's hard to be a Jew. Um, all of these, all of these kinds of things. There are a number of other isms. In Gullis, they are true, or they appear to be true. All about life is a struggle. In Gula, uh, sorry, and also, of course, the big one: money doesn't grow on trees. Of course, in Gula, each one of those things will change. Money will grow on trees. It won't be dog and dog. Everyone will help each other. Life will not be a struggle. You will get what you want. Um, all of those things will shift from one extreme to the other, and they go through a process. So we are shifting from Gullus to Gaula, from war to peace. And who helps us the most? David Amelis and David Malcolm Mashiach help us the most. We're going to see in a second. But just back to the psychological for a second. So we really see that we're all more or less, uh, we have all bought into that mindset about doggy dog, can't always get what you want, money doesn't grow on trees. We were taught it by people that really cared about us. When it was more a true reality, they wanted to give us the, the life school, skills that we needed to manage in life. So they taught us this, and we swallowed it, and we cherished it. And as it becomes less and less true, you can virtually stand on your head, I will not believe you, because they who care about me taught it to me, and therefore it must be true. Basically, it must be true. So... What does David Amelis say? Is it true? So we know that on Yotes Kislev, as the Alter Rebbe was in prison, now being in prison, the Nazi Adar, being in prison means we live in a war. That's part of the war reality. The Alter Rebbe was in prison, everybody knows, and everybody knows that the Alter Rebbe said, when I was in the middle of reading Tehillim and I came to the Pasuk, uh, the Pasuk, Nafshi, when I was reading this Pasuk in Tehillim, written by David Amelch, they came to me, the enemies, and they said, you're free to leave. So we went... The, the Alter Rebbe said, from in a second, essentially the Alter Rebbe is saying, in the very same second, he went from war to peace. The enemies there, have, they will not allow the Alter Rebbe freedom. And then they came and said, free. You are free. You are free to go. From war to peace. So the question is what this Pasuk is all about. This Pasuk is a Pasuk said by David Amelas. David Amelech, what did he do most of his life? He fought wars. Ding, 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 there we go. We're in the war zone. No wonder we're addicted to war. What do you mean? David Amelech fought wars. His son did not. Shlema Amelech was about peace. 
you know, if we want, if we want, would want to, you know, with all res- due respect, it's kind of like in this generation, you know, let's say you see an older generation who's saying to their children, what do you think, you know, the, the, the 15-year-old comes to his, his mother and says, I'm going to become a billionaire, right? He's in the peace mode. He's in the gula mode. And the mother says, let's see you first keep your room clean before you worry about becoming a billionaire, right? Or let's first see you um, not squander all of your allowance money on donuts before you become a billionaire. So he's saying it's possible. And she's saying it's not possible, right? So, and we could say that's exemplified by David Melech is the, the generation of war, okay, divinely decreed, and Shlomo Melech is, is, is the generation of peace. And they're really representing, by divine decree, two different realities. You can imagine, you know, Shlomo Melech, you know, uh, you've got to face reality. No, Ta, listen, we don't have to go out and fight everybody all the time, right? Ta, it, you know, just because... My father had a million enemies. Ta, give it up with the enemies business. We're, we're talking about David Amel, so we don't want to caricaturize it. But you could imagine a father in this generation named David and a mother and a, a child named Shlema. And, and the, the, the Shlema son would say, all day long you're talking about who was out to get you and who, who cheated you and who this and who that. Give it up. Why don't, you, why don't you assume that everybody's there to help you? You know, as they say, I saw once on a webinar, this woman was talking about men, and she said, um, we can either view men one of two ways. We can walk out into the world every morning and say, most men are wolves. They're just out to gobble you up, uh, defeat you, destroy you, hurt you, scare you, you know, be on guard wherever you go. If you're a single woman living in Manhattan, get a German shepherd to keep the dangerous wolves away because men are animal wolves, etc. She said there's another identity to men, and they're going to hurt you. Even if you're not personally involved with them, they're scary people. They'll mug you, they'll this, they'll that, God forbid. So get get a German shepherd. She said there's another reality, which is that men are sheepdogs. They're there because they really want to help you. You walk to the, the front door of your building, and if you have your mindset that way, they'll say, ma'am, can I help you? Can I open the door for you? They want to open the door for you. Right. I mean, I've experienced it many times, you know, rolling down the window and saying, excuse me, sir, to really, this, I, I like picking on the scary-looking guys. I love it. I, Hashem should never test me, but I'm in my car. I can always drive away. But I like to, to ask directions from the really scary-looking guys. I was once with a friend on the way somewhere out in weird place in Queens, and I rolled down her window. I didn't realize, because, and I said, excuse me, sir, can you just tell us how to get to Francis Lewis Boulevard? And he said, sure, ma'am, and he came close to the car, and I said, thank you so much, sir. Thank you very, very much, sir. And, when I, and we drove off, and she said, do you not know that I have this ter- tremendous fear of people who look like that? I said, oh, I, well, I'm so sorry. I didn't even think of it. She said, but it was unbelievable. He was so nice to you. He really wanted to help you. She said, I've never experienced people that look like that wanting to be of assistance and feeling that it's a schutz to be of assistance. 
So, you know, if you roll down your window and say, excuse me, sir, to like the guy with the rapper music with the, you know, you know, the style with the do-rag on his head and all that. Excuse me, sir, would you be able to help me? Do you know the way to Francis Lewis Boulevard? The guy's going to turn into a sheepdog. He wants to help you. Okay, if he's very drugged up, you know, you've you got to pick your customers. But, but essentially what she was saying is, are most men wolves or are most men sheepdogs? Decide that they're sheepdogs, and many of them are going to be sheepdogs. You know, you just have to know your customers. Stay away from the dangerous ones that, you know, can, you know, be normal. So this is all based on David Melech saying this puzzle, which is what Yotes Kislev is all based on. What the Altarev is saying is, since I was freed, I went from Gullus to Geula with this Pusik, this Pusik becomes the, the Pusik that denotes the energy of the future, of how we go from Gullus to Geula at any given moment, uh, whatever it is. You know, the, the technology isn't working to edit your audio and you don't know what to do and you sense that I know there must be a solution, I just can't even figure it out and I'm just overloaded. How do you go from Gullus to Geula? The, the Alter Rebbe and David Amel say, we've got a method. You interested? You know, for only $6.99. No, no, how does it go? Um, $9.97 for a six-week course, we will tell you, says David Amel, we will take, you know, we have a private Facebook group and we, you know, and we, a, a community and we send you out an audio every week and then a video and then a group call and then, you know, and then a download and a PDF and yada da, and you will learn how the methodology that David Amel says that I have set up for you in six easy steps. No, it's about eight steps um, to go from Gullah to Gullah. So here's the kisser of the steps. You know, I'm already feeling. Let's do the workshop. <laughs> let's do the six week workshop. So. Padavashalam Nafshi means I was redeemed, meaning I came out. My soul came out. Padavashalam Nafshi, my, I won. I won. I, 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 went, I, I ended up in a peace mode, in the Shalom. I was redeemed. Padavashalam Nafshi, my soul was redeemed in peace. The issue with that is that in general, if somebody's going to win, the, according to the old model, somebody else has to lose. You win, I lose. I win, you lose. Uh, there's only one cup here. Who's going to have the tea? According to one model, it's you or me. According to the higher model, there's an out-of-the-box solution, and there always is. It's David Amela's solution that will enable us to both have tea. I have no idea what it would be, it, re- it requires stepping into David Amelos energy, into his frequency, and over there, all the out-of-the-box solutions are there. So David Amelos says, we are going to step out of the I win, you lose, you win, I lose model. This is about I win, my soul is redeemed, I win in peace. This is, according to the Gullus model, the old model, an oxymoron. I win, you lose, there's no peace. Because if I have peace, like, yay, I won. If you have a bunch of little children, we know 
that if you give, you know, if you give the special dessert to the six-year-old, the four-year-old will not be happy, even if it's the six-year-old's birthday or he earned it or this and that. You're going to have some kind of discussion that you have to have. But you're going to have one happy camper and one unhappy camper. Right? I did that with my grandchildren. We did a raffle to win a trampoline for the learning, and the younger kid won it. And then I thought, oh, no. So now when we order it, does that mean he's going to tell his brother, no, it's mine, you're not allowed to go on the trampoline? Oh, boy, what did I do? You're going to have to have some discussions and some coaching and all this other stuff. You win, I lose, I win, you lose. How do you win in peace? Winning in peace means everybody's happy. This is not a gullus model. There's no model in gullus that allows me to win or you to win and everybody's happy. Okay, people would say, yeah, the other person just has to swallow it and swallow the emotions and, and deal with it and, you know, let it go. Don't get upset. That's not peace. It's not peace. We just came from Maimonides Hospital where people are with all kinds of Crohn's things and this and all kinds of physical ailments from swallowing emotions, from swallowing stuff that they couldn't deal with and they just shelved it. They just pushed it away and moved on with their life and they shoved it into their, they didn't know they were shoving it into their body, into their organs. And then years later, God forbid, their body rebelled and said, how much data can I store already? You know, out with the data. So what is the method then that we should both win? There's one cup. We both want tea. How do we both win? Let's do a gyro. Oh, you got the cup. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I didn't really want tea. But I really did want tea. So how do we both win? And it's an unbelievable method. And there's one more point to, to show how powerful when, sorry, when David Amelech was in this battle, I just, before I tell the, the method, it's based on a story. And it's a pretty tough story. David Amelech was the king. That's good. That's peaceful. But his own son, that's tacky, his own son of Shalom decided to steal the kingship from his father. That's pretty tacky, as we say in the world. Pretty tacky. How successful was Shalom? Very. He got the entire, almost the entire nation on his side. He had a, a big army. And they were all opposing David Amelech. Your own kid. That's pretty awful. Who's going to feel peaceful with that? That's already a setup for Crohn's disease, God forbid, right? wonder if David Amelech got right. He didn't. He didn't. David Amelech didn't have Crohn's disease. Why not? What do you mean? Because he followed his own method. He didn't have to swallow those things. So really, what was the issue? So imagine his son... <clears throat> it mikravli. It was hand-to-hand combat. Padavashalom nafshi says David Amelach. Mikravli. My soul was redeemed in peace while we were doing this hand-to-hand combat. This is intense. Me to you in your face combat. Like like you know what I'm saying. Like it's eye-to-eye combat. There's nothing. This is not even. This is just open hostility. This is not even like no. Oh, thank you. It would be, it'd be my pleasure and deep in a person's heart. They, no, this was just like open hostility. Right. Microbly, hand-to-hand combat. Now, 
you could say the other way. You know, when people decide that they're going to be very pleasant, they're going to be very polite, maybe everybody can come out of this in peace. But not when it's just open hostility. Everybody's just very open about, you know, it's clear. So what, first of all, what, what, what changed everything for David Amela? How did he win this in peace? Uh, there are four words. Ki berabim hayu imadi said, because the multitudes were with me, that's how it worked. That's how everything changed. I was redeemed in peace. <clears throat> what it meant was that, that David Amelech, that Absalom's army, they did fight him. They did fight David Amelech. But in their hearts, they really were davening that David Amelech should win. They were just playing the part with Absalom, maybe for political, social reasons, but they really actually deep within themselves wanted David Amelech to win. David Amelech knew that. What was he saying? He was saying, guys, you want the method? You've got to realize that your enemies are not real enemies. They're just fake enemies. They're actually allies that are very, very effectively playing the part of enemies. Once you realize that, he said, first of all, because of that, that's how I won, and that's how I won in peace. I didn't just win. How was I able to be the shlemus with full and complete and at peace with the way the victory happened? It's because I knew they weren't real enemies. And surely even his son was not a real enemy. It was all a massive deception that the people themselves didn't know. They didn't know that they were living a massive deception. It's not like they said, let's pretend that we're... Says the Alter Rebbe, essentially, that is what we're talking about. This is the methodology. And David Amelech is telling us, once we get to the point where we realize that all of the people that fight us and all of the circumstances that fight us, and all of the problems that we have in our way, and all of the warlike situations and the struggles and all that, it's fake. It's really opportunities and allies set up by Hashem, Melech Malchem Lachem, for you to win. For you to win. For you to win. As it says, as, as we know that the Rebbe says in Taurus Menachem in the first years, the kings wants to win the battle. And so what does he do? He has he, he goes all out. He you know, he, he what's the word? He uh he he goes for he goes for the top. He takes the, the treasures that were never allowed to even be seen by the people because they represent the Malchus and just knowing that they're there that you can't see them gives a certain importance to the king and his kingship. And he actually takes them out of their hiding place. And he opens up the treasure chest and he actually gives the stuff out. He breaks a whole bunch of rules. The people aren't allowed to see the treasures. The treasure isn't allowed to be moved out of its place. You're not allowed to open the treasure boxes. People aren't allowed to see it. And certainly, you're not supposed to actually physically hand these treasures to the people. All those rules the king breaks. Why does he break all of his own rules? These are the rules of kingship. Keep this stuff in its holy place, in its pristine place. Why does he break those, those rules? Because he wants to win the battle. 
and he wants to win the battle more than he wants to keep the treasures pristine and pure. His main desire, for that he needs the ultimate life coach to bring him to that kind of clarity, where he realizes he wants more than anything in life, this king, to win the battle. And he will do anything to win the battle. This is David Amelos. This is the Alter Rebbe. This is every year. More than anything else, we want to win the battle. So, he's, so the king squanders all the treasures. Okay? So now we have these tools from the king, from Melech Malchai Amlachim, from David Amelech, from David Malchai Mashiach. They have given us their tools, even though these are tools that are not for common, simple people like us. We probably haven't earned them, we haven't deserved, well, we did. I mean, generations of Kiddush Hashem, that's, that's a way to earn things, Rahman Khan. But whatever it is, whether we even have the ability, we know how to use these tools or not, every, every tool that you come comes with its own, you know, YouTube, how to use this tool, essentially. You just have to know where to find the, the YouTube. The tool is transforming all enemy circumstances into allies. If it were just a technique and you had to pretend, let's pretend that your enemies are really your allies, then that would be not simple. Because you're pretending something that's really not true and you know, you're pretending. But if the truth is that all of the, there are no more enemies, there's no more war, it sure feels like there's a war. It's a war, it's, a, it's, a, it's peace that's designed to look like war. Remember, we're now in a time which is a peaceful time designed to look like we're in the midst of a war. And it really works well. We do feel like we're in the midst of a war. Very effective. Whoever designed it, you know, Melech Malcheim Lachim, he's designing it to look like a war. He's doing a good job. It looks like a war. Not only that, he's doing a good job. We feel like we're in a war. And at the same time, he sends us these little... Ding, 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 these little star, you know, star, stardust, pieces of chassidus that say, hey, guys, it's not really a war. And it's for us to decide which one is true. Do I trust my feelings or do I trust what, what Tyra says? Well, has anybody ever had that challenge before? Yeah. Who? Us. When? You know, Maishrabenu, Luchais, Arsinai. Maishrabenu said, I'm coming down in 40 days. And then we lost it because we felt, we felt that he said he's coming back. But if Maishrabenu said, I'm telling you through Tyra, this is the word of Tyra, I will be back. And we said, no, but I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel like, you know, I counted and I feel. So we've been there, done that. This is not something, you know, how would I know how to do this? Because you did it before. We messed up last time. This time we can do it properly. And we've had 3,000 and some years to practice not making the same mistake. Do I trust my feelings or do I trust what Tyra says? Not gonna, I, I don't want to make the same mistake again, you know. So what have I I've been doing hanging around for 3,500 years doing if I'm going to repeat the same mistake. How boring is that? So therefore, we have David Amelech and David Malka Mashiach 
all lined up, and all the and the Alter Rebbe and all the Chabad Rebbeim, all lined up to now give us access to these tools in a way that we can make them real for ourselves and for the entire world. The key is the words ki barabim hayu imadi. Rabim mean a lot of things, including Rishas Arabim. Rabim mean the street. Rishas Arabim is the street. Rishas Yachid is your, as we said in the year yesterday, you know, the tete-a-tete cafe with Hashem. You know, the table for two. The, the street is a place that, that looks like the war zone. But it's really a friendly zone. That's exactly the situation. That's exactly the story I just told. You know, you're driving through South Bronx or something, and you've got these scary-looking guys there, or you're on, it's, I think, I would, let's say, on the way to the George Washington Bridge, and that, you know, wherever, I, I think I was on the street rather than going in the underpass, I ended up on the street, whatever that, is it Washington Heights, whatever it was, it's not, it's not a kind of place where I would buy a house, let's say, or rent an apartment and move in there with the family. It, it's not, it's not. So to roll down your window there, you know, please Hashem should keep me safe, or talk through the window or talk through the microphone and, um, and say, please, you know, excuse me, sir. Again, you have to be a little bit smart, be smart and size up your, you know, people. But to ask for assistance there, first of all, I saw it so, it so throws the people off because they know you see them as an enemy. You know, you walk past a woman, a regular a black woman on the street, and you say, hello, good morning. She lights up. She knows you're, you're looking at her as an enemy, and she, you ignore her. You don't, she doesn't exist for you. Why should she not exist? She wants to exist. She doesn't enjoy not existing. For you, she's transparent. She's a nothing. She wants to be in her own, you know. She is there. It's, it's part of the eighth of reality. She is there. She wants to be your assistant. She wants to be the ace of that assists you in ushering in the gaula in her way, doing her part to enable you to do your part. You recognize her and you, and as, as somebody important, she comes into being. Why should we make all these people invisible? So that oh, you're nothing, my thing is everything, you're the... So, et cetera. So we're talking about, let's, let's not talk, talk about the scary guy near the George Washington Bridge. The lady on the street. Why do we have to walk around assuming, oh, there's a black woman. Maybe she's carrying a gun, and if I say good morning, she'll pull it out, God forbid. But, you know, and it's true that you watch the news and you say, you never know these days. We live in a crazier and crazier world. We have to talk to fewer and fewer people. You know, don't mow your lawn. You never know who, you know. No, we can't do that. We have to spread more light. So if we keep a rabim muddy, the rishus a rabim, the street, that woman walking down the street, known as the enemy, enemy territory, not on your side. On Shabbos, you go into your house. You go into your rishus yachid. You don't even carry from your holy private domain out into the street. Because there's a distinction between your holy private domain and their street and the street out there. One is friendly, the other one's not. Except if you have teenagers, then you'd probably rather go out on the street. 
bring the sweets into your house. Or bring the sweet into your house. You know, it's not it's so good. simple anymore, right? If you have teenagers, yeah. it feels more friendly on the street. Let's just go talk to the black ladies. You know, you yeah. stay home, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you see how, but again, that's part of the master plan. It's like the street and the home, the Rishasarabin, and the Rishasarabin, start to merge where, I don't know, which one's a bigger war zone? Oh, boy, I have a 13-year-old, a 14-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 16-year-old, a 17-year-old, an 18-year-old. I spend my time on the street. <laughs> I spend my time on the street talking to all the, you know, ladies from, you know, Bed-Stuy because they don't give me a hard time, <laughs> Right? I, you know, I think I say good morning, and they say good morning back, and they don't say, well, leave me alone. <laughs> so, so um, if that's the case, then this is the method that David Amelech is giving us. We want to sum this up. When we recognize Kiba Rodman Hayumadi, even if it's hand-to-hand combat, you know, even if it's when we're with our 15-year-old, and the 15-year-old is being very 15-year-old-ish for this generation, which means, like, what do you want? You know, you want some pancakes? I don't know. Right? I don't have a 15-year-old, right? It's a long time since I had 15-year-olds. I don't know. You know, you want waffles? I don't know. Right? Okay, you know, maybe, I'm hungry. Give me something good. Right? Yeah, good. Valve. Right? So, <laughs> so, the the Rishusa Riyachid and the Rishusa Rabim, they, they, it's merging. We see that in this generation, which is the street in my house. Is my house on the street? Is you know what's up and what's down? And we see that as yet another enemy circumstance. You see, you see, very nice, fancy schmancy sheer. But if you meet more on a day to day basis, that's right. If you meet my fifteen year old and come into my house with the fifteen year old and the sixteen year old and the seventeen year old and the eighteen year old, you won't be able to say this sheer. Right, that's why I'm not going to your house to say it. <laughs> I don't currently have 15 and 16-year-olds, Bar Hashem, did that one. So, so, and I'm here to tell the tale. We managed, right? So, Bar Hashem, Bar Hashem, So if the street and the Rishisa Yachid, Rishisa Rabim are now merging, we all testify to that. You know, just watch Avi Fishoff. He'll give you all of the examples. I don't have to elaborate on them of how the street has come into the Jewish home, etc. And even many of his methods involve bringing the street into the Jewish home, bringing the Rishasa Arabim into the Rishasa Yachid. Just follow him and you'll see what that's all about. And he has a lot of success. And somehow everybody, the parents come out in peace eventually and the children come out in peace eventually. And it's a peace that is a way more out of... Out of the, it's a shalom. It's a way more out of the box piece. It's a shalom shalom. It's a shalom shalom, right? It's a complete shalom. Yeah. That every that it's a piece that nobody was ever thinking of. Everybody just wanted the piece of my kid will toe the line and he'll do what he was told and he'll finally you know buy a house on Avenue M. He'll get married at age 19 and buy a house on Avenue M at age 20 and he'll start a business uh, working selling used cars at age 21 and they'll have four babies and they'll have two babies and everybody's happy. That's all I want. And Hashem says, no, I want more than that. That's, that's, that's good. That's good. 
the house on Avenue M and all that stuff. But Hashem says, no, I want more than that. So it looks like the battle becomes way more intense, but the peace that comes from it is way more intense. It's a real Geula peace. It's David Amelis peace. Everybody's soul ultimately is redeemed in peace. When we transform the street, when we, when, when we transform the street from the consciousness of enemy territory to ally territory, friendly territory, when we reframe the street, and we know clearly the Rebbe is on board with this because the Rebbe takes us out into the street, the street, to dance. You would say all other Jewish leaders classically in older days before the Darshvi promoted a, 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 a mentality of stay home. Stay within your Dalit Amos. Just to sending teenage boys to Times Square to do Mosfeng. Right, right. We're, right. We, we, send, we send them to the street, the kids to the street to do Mosfeng. Right? So, so the classical way was Become more insular, solidify the, the, you know, lock your doors, stay inside, keep your children inside, make your place inside as pure as you can, and don't, just make sure, don't have a cell phone, don't have a computer, don't have this, don't have that, don't have this, you know, just keep yourself in a little closed-in environment that is pure, and you will be fine. And you will be fine. That is not the approach of David and Melech. And also, it didn't work, and it doesn't work anymore, for some reasons that we won't go into. You can figure it out yourself. For that, you could also watch Avi Fischoff. It didn't work for various reasons. It no longer is working because the time has come for Kiba Rabim Hayuli Madi, for the Rishusa Rabim to be my ally, to be my assistant in ushering in Geula. So... For who? your mission, Mr. Phelps, should you be willing to accept it is on your test, Kisley. Your mission, Mrs. ABC, should you be willing to accept it, including myself, is would I be open to, on this Rosh Hashanah of Hasidus, considering of the possibility of from now on starting to reframe the enemies as allies, whether it's people, circumstances, tech problems, teenage problems, recipe issues, uh, you name it, uh, internet uh, uh, down, uh, what is it, you know, internet outage, power outage, <laughs> whatever you want to name, we don't even want to say the big ones, the, the really serious ones, legal issues, social issues, school issues, this or that. Would we be open to saying, Hashem, maybe they're really allies. You have this in mind for me. I see it as a war. You see it as an ally. I see it as an enemy. You see it as an ally, a a friend that is there, a circumstance that is there to move me forward into Geula and to enable me to become a powerful leader of Geula and in Geula to lead the whole world into that ultimate peace that will be with David and Melech, with David Malka Mashiach and Mashiach himself, with every single Yid, with Melech Malka Melech and Baruch Hu. May we find ourselves there immediately now, a good yantif, good yantif, good yantif, and may we dance together.
the dance of peace, of ultimate peace, in the base of the Shishlishi.